Well, welcome again. My name is David, the lead pastor here at Current. I was talking with a buddy this week who was likening this time of shelter in place to a video game. He was talking about how there's this unique opportunity for so many of us as we're cooped up to level up as people, whether that's in terms of our emotional health, physical health, relational health. Like there's things that we could do now if we would just put in the time and energy that will help us not only now, but going forward. And that made me think of our series that we're in, the series that we're calling Rhythms for Life as we're exploring spiritual practices that can transform our lives with the hope that it wouldn't just help us here now, but coming out of shelter in place, God willing, sometime soon. And so we kicked off this series a few weeks back, looking at the spiritual practices of prayer and solitude. And then we looked at the spiritual practice of Christian meditation. And then last week, we looked at the spiritual practice of gratitude. Well, today, we're looking at the spiritual practice of resting. Resting. Here's why I think this is so important. We all intuitively know that resting is of critical importance for each and every one of us. But at the same time, it's also a tremendous struggle for us to actually get. The reality is we live in a culture that forces and glorifies overworking. And it's not as if shelter in place is making that any easier. In fact, data is showing us, telling us that we are busier than ever, the majority of Americans, and finding it harder and harder to find rest to be to, at all during this time. And so we're going to look at this spiritual practice that the Bible teaches of finding rest. Uh, we're, we're going to see that we need to be intentional about this. This is something we need to be disciplined about. Specifically, we're going to look at Sabbath rest, what it is and how we can build it into our rhythms for life. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Exodus chapter 20. We're going to be looking at verses 8 through 11. This is taken from the Ten Commandments, but we're going to be looking at Exodus 20 verses 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Uh, here's what we see. We are designed for work and rest. We're told here that for six days God worked. And if you look back at the creation account in Genesis chapters 1 and 2, you see that God really got at it, rolling up his sleeves and getting to work, cultivating, developing, designing. And what the creation account also tells us is that we were made in his image. We were made to work, and God calls us to work. That's why in verse 9 of our text, it says, Six days you shall labor and do all your work. So much of life, of course, is work. And while so much of it is subject to frustration, and you can learn about the reasons why that is right after the creation account in Genesis 3, that is the fall of humankind and how our rebellion and sin brought about frustration into the world, including into our work. Uh, even though that's the case, so much of work is wonderful and beautiful and good. Work gives us purpose and meaning, the ability to contribute to the betterment of society and to others. That's why in Ephesians 2.10, it says so beautifully, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, 
which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are designed to work, but we are also designed to rest. It says in verse 11, he rested on the seventh day. And of course, the commandment itself is that we are to remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. So what is Sabbath day rest? Well, keeping something holy literally means setting it apart or setting apart as sacred to God. This is why Christians for millennia have typically practiced Sabbath rest by going to church or spending time in devotion to God, spending time with with other people uh, in in the church in fellowship, encouraging one another. And uh, that's what we are doing even right now, albeit uh, digitally. Now, as a quick sidebar, uh, before Christ, Sabbath was practiced on Saturday. But when he rose again on a Sunday, the church declared that the Lord's Day or Resurrection Day and has has ever since celebrated Sabbath on Sunday, Uh, which I don't think we need to get into all all of the detail there now. But I think that is good and right that we celebrate if we can, if our schedules allow celebrate Sabbath on Sunday. And so that's why we set it apart as sacred as we go to church and we spend extra time in prayer and reflection. But Sabbath isn't just these things. Uh, Sabbath has so much more involved with it. Uh, And God invites us into so much more as we practice Sabbath. Uh, Thinking back on the creation account, it really helps us understand what God calls us into as we practice Sabbath. Uh, When you look at the creation account, there is a refrain that comes up over and over. Whenever God creates, he looks back on the day and he says, it was good. So when God created light, it it, it was good. When God created the, the, the waters, it was good. When he created the dry land, it was good. And when he created living creatures, first in the water, it was good. Then then on dry land, it was good. And then after six days of work, when he had finished all of it, it says, quite notably, it was very good. And God rested. Uh, That's very illuminating for us in understanding what Sabbath is all about. Because we see God on the seventh day taking it all in. Stopping from his work, looking out over the fruit of his labors, and just taking it all in, enjoying it, relishing it, and we're called to do the same. Allow me to use the illustration of photography. You know, I love photography. I've, I love the work that goes into photography. I love the process that goes into photography. But if you had asked me a few years back what goes into taking a picture, I would have told you, oh, it's just you know, pointing a camera in a direction and clicking. But the reality is so much more goes into photography if you're trying to get you know, the, the quality pictures the way they, that you can hang on the wall, and that, that sort of thing. And so, but, and so it's a hobby of mine. I, I just love it. I love getting into all of it. And I, just, I love the work and process of it. I love thinking about the equipment, which camera body to use, uh, which lens to choose from to get like the different angle that you might want. Uh, thinking about the settings that you can select on your camera. Oh my goodness, you can, you can, you can manipulate the shutter speed, which helps you uh, affect the blur that you get in a photo, or, or you can change the aperture uh, setting to get a different depth of field. There's so many things that you can play with to get a different photo to tell a different story. And then there's the whole idea of like, you know, staging the picture or, or, ang- or getting the right angle or frame that you want, or having the patience to wait for the memory to be what you want to capture in the moment that you click the button. 
And then there's all the, the work of post-processing. When you take the raw file from your camera and you manipulate it, the, the color, or you pull out the highlights, or you, you, you work with the contrast. I mean, there's so many things you can do. So much time and work you can spend into one single photo if you want to. And like I said, it's a hobby of mine, so I, so I enjoy that. But there's something entirely different happening for me when it comes to photography, when I actually get those photos, when I actually get the product of all that work. I'll send off my photos to like Shutterfly or some other company, and they'll send me back a photo album, and I'll open it up, say that week, or maybe a year from then, or maybe two, maybe maybe a decade after I took those photos, and I'll look at those memories, say of a family vacation that Cindy and I spent with the kids, and I'll remember, say, I'll get, to, I'll see that picture of that time when Caleb, my little guy, had an ice cream cone in his hand for the first time by himself, and half of it ended on his face, and without even knowing, I'll just be, I'll just be smiling, remembering how that led us to just belly laughter and joy. And then I'll flip the page and I'll see a little picture of my little Maddie and the, the way that she just kind of turned and, you know, it, the, the picture captures her sass. And, and just think about the girl that she's become, just the beauty and sweetness in her heart now and where she had been then. And, and without even knowing, I'll be smiling or I'll be tearing up. I mean, I'll think from time to time about the actual work and processing, you know, that went into those photos. But most of all, I'm just taking it all in enjoying the fruit of all of that and looking back over it and declaring, oh, and it was good. And most of all, thanking God. Thank you for this one, that, that wonderful memory that we've been able to keep and capture. Thank you for the, how fun it was to put this all together. But that's what Sabbath rest is. It's taking time to just pause and take it all in. Or if you'd like, it's this idea of collecting time. But friends, so many of you being the driven Silicon Valley people that you are, no doubt, uh, if, if it, it, it's like you're just working, working, working. And if, if even if the work is wonderful and enjoyable, if that's all we do, we can become, we could have tunnel vision and miss out on so much more. Is there beauty and, and, and wonder in the work itself? Of course, but that also pays into other areas of life that we just need to take in and relish in and thank God for. Uh, Sabbath rest is God's design for you and for me to stop and take in a big soul breath. In fact, Sabbath rest is soul care that you and I cannot live without. Sabbath rest helps us recover physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Sabbath rest is meant to replenish us. That's why Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Do you get that? It says that Sabbath isn't a rule to follow, but a gift to be received. But what's more is practicing Sabbath rest is freeing. God liberated his people when they were slaves out of Egypt. In fact, that's the context for the Ten Commandments that we're reading from today. God had brought them out of slavery from the land of Egypt. And this is when he's giving them the Ten Commandments. In fact, when you read the Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 5, you see that there God actually ties Sabbath to freedom from slavery, which is to say that anyone who overworks is really a slave. Anyone who cannot 
rest from work is a slave to a need for success, to a materialistic culture, to exploitative employers, to parental expectations, and to any number of combination of, of the above or more. And what happens is slave masters will abuse you and me if we are not disciplined in the practices of Sabbath rest. Sabbath rest is a declaration of freedom. But most of all, Sabbath rest helps us experience and live out of the beauty and power of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. We mentioned before that God is a worker. Well, perhaps the greatest work of all that he did for you and me was in sending his son to live the life that you and I could not, cannot live. Living perfectly, without sin, without fault, uh, to God, to those around him, and then on the cross, dying the death that you and I deserve, such that when he did that, we can now find ultimate rest in ways greater than we can experience in anything else. In fact, so much of life is, is our trying to justify ourselves in any number of ways, trying to find our identity or worth in things or people that even if they are wonderful and good things, cannot and will not ultimately give us the rest that we need. We only can find our true rest in God. It is the only rest that will last and never fail us. And Jesus did that work in bringing us back into relationship with him. That's why on the cross, he uttered the words, it is finished. He had completed the work that we truly need most. And that's why Jesus in Mark 2 identifies as the Lord of the Sabbath. That means he's the Lord of rest. That's why in Matthew 11, he said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. One of the greatest blessings of the gospel is that he gives you rest in a way that no one else and nothing else can. In practical terms, how do we keep Sabbath? How long should we keep Sabbath rest for? And how do we spend that time? Well, first, what is an ideal amount of time off from work? Well, uh, we see in our text, I mean, what, what, they, what the context was uh, here was being said is that God required his people to take a time of 24 hours off a week. I mean, how the ancient Israelites worked is they worked from sunup to sundown. Well, Sabbath back then was practiced from sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. So a 24-hour period. Now, that's pretty ideal. If you can get a 24-hour block of time, great, go for that. If you can't, then it's finding other times where you can, you can kind of make work for you, where you can take a, just time off from your vocational work. And so try to find what works best for you. Uh, I would just say that if you go the route of trying to find it in other times because your life rhythm or schedule doesn't allow for a single 24 block time, just be real careful not to fall into the trap of, well, I'm just gonna check this, this one email or this one message because that, that uh, can snowball quite easily into detaching us from our Sabbath rest that we need. If you can, try to find a 24 hour slot, but if you can't, 
uh, that, that you can find it in other times, which is also a, a good place to pause and say, you know, when it comes to, to practicing Sabbath, we need to be real careful not to fall into legalism, say it has to be this way. And if it's not this way, then, then you're not, you know, good or doing what God calls you to. There's, there's, there's a lot of freedom here. And so we're just going to give ourselves some ideas as we think about this together. Um, so that's an ideal amount of time, 24-hour period, if you can get it. Um, what counts as Sabbath practice? Well, of course, there's no simple formula here. There's great freedom. Uh, finding spiritual replenishment is pretty key, of course. But so too is recreational and mental refreshment. So I'd just say shoot for a well-balanced diet of rest. Play with it. See what works for you. So here's some, some, some ideas to just get you thinking. Uh, compiled from different things that are out there or have been helpful to me. Uh, number one, take time for inactivity. Uh, so many of us need to just have unstructured time to kind of replenish and recharge. Uh, for those of you who are Myers-Briggs J's or you're just like hardcore planners, you probably need to find time to plan to, un to not plan. You know what I mean? Just to find some time where not everything is just kind of scheduled out for us, but to just go where the day takes us where our heart takes us. Um, just That's one idea, is to take time for inactivity. Number two, you take time for avocational activity. Find a hobby. The best definition of a hobby that I've come across is an activity in which we lose all sense of time while doing. In fact, there's been studies that show that leaders who have been able to lead in intense environments for the long haul in healthy ways have in common more than anything else, a hobby in which they regularly uh, uh, do that they lose track of time while doing. Um, so find a hobby during this time of shelter in place that you can keep even coming out of it if you don't already have one. Uh, for me, photography is, is something that I do that I mentioned before, barbecuing, reading, working out. Maybe you learn a new instrument. I heard a few of you are doing that during shelter in place, learning a new language. I mean, I will just say this from personal experience. It actually might seem real easy to figure out a hobby, something that can replenish us. But I found that it's actually really hard to figure out what actually truly replenishes me. So when you find that thing, oh boy, uh, build that into your Sabbath rest. Uh, here, number three, take time for contemplation. Uh, prayer and worship are, of course, critical parts of of Sabbath rest from any perspective. Regular time of devotion, reading the scripture, listening to God, form a basis of inner rest that plays out into other areas of our life. So take time for contemplation. Number four, take time for recreational and or aesthetic rest. If you like to go out on hikes or walks, or if you, you regularly do that, you know the benefit of being outdoors in terms of giving yourself a change of scenery, both literally and metaphorically, in terms of getting perspective on life, or maybe even just taking in the beauty of God's creation and how that just uh, replenishes us and refills and recharges us. I have one friend uh, where she uh, loves to get Sabbath rest and it really replenishes her souls out on the ocean surfing. She talks about how she just, once she paddles past the break and is just waiting for the next set of waves to come in, her soul is just taking deep breaths in. And she is just getting re replenished that way. So she, you better believe that she builds surfing into her Sabbath rest when, when she can. So take time for recreational or aesthetic rest. Uh, number five, consider whether you are an introvert or an extrovert. Uh, we all need to figure out what actually recharges us. 
if you're an introvert, chances are spending time, lots and lots of time with just tons and tons of people, uh, you're probably not getting recharged all that much. Uh, maybe you need time to yourself. Maybe you need time, or it's helpful to have time with, with just a few close friends. Extroverts, maybe it is helpful to spend time with, with more people. Um, the point is to try to figure out what works for you. And if you're married and one of you is an extrovert and the other is an introvert, good luck with that. Uh, no, just kidding. Have a conversation. Try to figure out what works best for you guys. Um, pro tip, uh, don't just assume that family time is recharging to your soul with extended family, whatever it might mean. Uh, if that is something that recharges you, great. If it's not, then be real about that as you consider and plan your Sabbath rest. Uh, number six, honor the season of life you're in. And for the ancient Israelites, they had Sabbath cycles of rest and work that included not only a Sabbath day from a given week, but a Sabbath year, and then almost, and then also a year of jubilee, which was basically a Sabbath rest every 49 years, which is to say you need to take into account what season you're in. And if you're in an especially intense season, whether it's work-related or family-related or whatever it might mean, you need to take that into account. Let's say you're a medical student or you're in residency, or you're starting a company, or you're starting a, a major project. When you're in that intense season, you're going to have to think through what it's going to mean for you to find Sabbath rest. It's probably not going to look like it normally would otherwise. And I would just say this, when you are in a season like that or getting ready to enter into the, in a season like that, make sure you have some accountability uh, helping you find Sabbath rest in the midst of all of that. Because if you don't, you'll burn out. I had a mentor uh, say to me that if you're starting a company or, or a church, make sure that you're, the intense season doesn't last beyond two or three years. Because if you do, you're going to be a goner. And I really appreciated that. We need to not just assume that, oh, I'll just, I'll be out of this at some point, but really actually figure out ways to build in Sabbath rest as we can. And by the way, if you're in a season like that of just real intensity, make sure that you don't neglect the spiritual practices and rhythms of prayer, of worship, and devotion. Um, you got to get creative, but, but get it in. Um, and last but not least, number seven, I'd say brainstorm ideas with others. Again, we don't want to be legalistic about it, saying that Sabbath has to be practiced this way or that. There's a lot of freedom here. But glean ideas from those around you. Ask them what they do. And, if, and especially ask those in similar seasons of life. Say other mothers of young kids, hey, how are you getting Sabbath rest? Are you actually able to? And when you do, what, what are you doing? Or, hey, you, you know, as you started a company, I'm getting ready to start a company. Do you have any, you know, wisdom for me as I get ready to, to start in this in terms of finding rest? And in these ways, we can learn from one another as we try to figure it out what makes sense and works for us individually. Well, what does all this mean? This is to say that the purpose of Sabbath is not simply to replenish yourself so that you can work harder, or produce more. Nor is the purpose of Sabbath a pursuit of pleasure. The purpose of Sabbath is to enjoy your God. The purpose of Sabbath is to enjoy the life that he's given you. The accomplishments, the ups, even the downs, 
just to take it all in. The purpose of Sabbath is to enjoy and live from the freedom and beauty of the gospel, the freedom from slavery to any material object or human expectation. The Sabbath, therefore, is a foretaste and sign of the life that is to come for all of those in Christ Jesus. But friends, we have to remember to keep the Sabbath. Uh, that is how this whole text starts. It's the only commandment that starts with the word remember. Isn't that interesting? I think that's because it's the one we tend to forget. We have to remember the Sabbath. We need to remember to find ways to take the rest that God calls us to. How can you remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy? How can you cultivate it as a rhythm for life? Let's pray. Father, thank you for the great work you did for us in sending your Son into the world to bring us back into ultimate rest in you. Would you please help us remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy? We need your help even in receiving this wonderful gift. We praise you. We thank you for this time together. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.